0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are joined now on the T-Mobile special guest line by Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. So, Steve, you joined us all summer long and said, I don't know what we're going to talk about this week with no games going on, but I'm pretty sure you know which shot we want to talk about right now. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So that was, uh, pretty amazing.
0: So I I put it out on Twitter, the video, you know, what what's Plumlee doing? And somebody tweets back and says, Well, you could see him talking about switching in the timeout. And they're like, Well, yeah, but you switch when there's a screen and AD didn't come within five feet of LeBron. I mean, you're not playing a zone where you push the next guy out. You don't really do that in the NBA because guys come open and they don't need to be open by very much or for very long, so you can't really do that in the NBA. Well, what yeah, happened? Well, I, is that just a brain lock? Is, that, is it just that yeah, easy?
1: I mean, the, the thing about it is the the, the other presence said was LeBron. And, and typically in these situations, they go to LeBron. I mean, and they had been going to him and, you know, he had – had good good moments and and some not so good moments but i think number one in that timeout they had to be talking about lebron and LeBron's sitting there at the elbow you know is he looking for a slip is he going to look for a back screen uh, and, and obviously uh, there was a lack of communication they had they they talked about switching you could hear that and but you don't you don't you switch when a screen is set and you switch there and you communicate it and it's just shoulder to shoulder and you bump out and contest and Obviously, the big fellow was a, a, a little bit late getting out there, and Jokic couldn't get a hand. I mean, he had a hand up; it wasn't like he didn't give an effort. But you could have denied that pass. I mean, literally, you could have been right into the body, and he still could have made the shot. But it could have made it much more difficult. He just rose right over the top of him, and still had to make an incredible shot. But there was a there was certainly a defensive breakdown there, and it starts with a lack of communication. And whether or not they executed exactly what Coach Malone wanted, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to tell, but it did seem and appear that they were going to switch everything and contest the shot. I mean, there's only two seconds left. Why not? Why not switch everything? And um, obviously, it didn't happen. And they'll, they'll, you know, you learn from those things. Unfortunately, uh, the guy just made an unbelievable shot and. Uh, uh, there you go. I mean, it's just a difficult loss. Dendrell had that game. They were in a position to win that game, and uh, the Lakers just kind of stole it from them. And the night, day I didn't think they played great. Uh, there was good things there, but I just thought they made so. The turned, Lakers turned the ball over, took bad shots, and stood around a lot in that game and couldn't ever really kind of get the, the fast break going. That being said, they're still talented enough to make big plays, and they did at the end.
2: So in this postseason, maybe there's more, but two high-profile buzzer beaters come to mind. Dawson against the Clippers, and then this one, Davis, against the Nuggets. And both of those involved screw-ups and miscommunications on switches. Could I make an argument in those situations? Don't switch. You got your guy, and you're accountable. And to me, I made this analogy on television. I said that for Plumlee, if... Anthony Davis would have left the bubble. You would have left the bubble too because you were assigned to guard him. So wherever he went, that's where you went.
1: Yeah, no, there, there's, you know, I mean, here's the deal. You body up, don't get screened, face, you know, you, you put yourself in a position to do that. I, I I like that. I mean, you, what happens when you start switching everything is people start slipping to the basket and there's, you give up something else. And, uh, that's a time that everybody just you know you, you just everybody has to be accountable, and you're talking about that, hey, I am not leaving i 'll fight through the screen and you can get over the tops of screens and uh, again, it was a matter of two seconds, but uh, you knew the guys that were going to probably beat you i mean you got you got to go to the guys that are going to probably beat you you certainly LeBron and a d were the two that you'd focus on, but it, it was a situation that uh, uh, I, I, I have the same mindset that, that that you do regarding that. I mean, let's just fight through everything, and uh, and then obviously there's a couple of guys you don't have to guard that you can kind of contain inside for slips or guys diving to the basket. But uh, they 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 want they needed a three. I mean, they wanted to win the game, and uh, so I, I I agree with that theory and then with that philosophy. Uh, it's just better to everybody know who they have. Just uh, be tough, get through it, and do not let your guy get the ball. And if you get beat back the back door, then we'll go play overtime. But don't give them a three.
0: So should the Nuggets be obsessed about that last shot, or should they be beating themselves up for turnovers? Should they be beating themselves up for missed free throws?
1: Well, all of those things happen. Uh, I, you know, I think, I think the one thing that Denver knows is that they're good enough to beat this team. Uh, I, I I personally feel like the Lakers beat themselves, put themselves in situations. Uh, I I think Denver has to go. It's unfortunate, and emotionally, it's a real drain. You don't have a lot of time to get over it, uh, and they've had all these seven game series, so you know you could say it could take a toll on them. But I Denver's not that far away, and 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 the, and the difference has been, you know, the. the the play of AD or the play of LeBron late in games, and the first game obviously was a blowout, but the Nuggets weren't ready to play game number one. i would come off a seven-game series; they, didn't, they weren't emotionally where they needed to be. Last night, they were in the, they were in a place where they could win. I, I think looking at the Lakers, I mean, there's a lot of things about the Lakers that that I really really like, but when when the Lakers are best is when AD's at the five, and and I know. And that being said, I think Dwight Howard has had a huge impact in this short series, and I think they need Dwight Howard. I'm not saying that they can't go big, uh, but but certainly when you're going to take AD out of the game, Dwight Howard is a guy that I'd want to have there because physically he matches up with Jokic. He's got a presence. But I love it. Anytime this game is at an important time of the game, AD needs to be at the five. They can spread the floor. Everything opens up. And you've got, you know, whether it's LeBron playing the point or Caruso or Rondo, when things open up, and it allows LeBron to attack the rim. And the nice thing is that AD now, when he sets screens, he can roll or he can pick and pop. And, and, and he can score that way as well. But the floor just gets spaced out so much better when AD's down low. And, and, and I know a lot of the, the pundits and TV and everything have talked about that as well, but I... I've been watching this Laker team play throughout the playoffs. And uh, having, having those two bigs in there, whoever they are, uh, it, it just the spacing is bad. And what happens? They just stand around and it's, you know, here comes the shot clock. And pretty soon it's 15, it's 10, it's 8. And guess what? We're going to take another contested shot. So they take way too many contested shots. Not that they're not capable of making them. They're they're great. They've got some great players. But, man, long-term, that's not the way to play this game. And uh, they've got to get things going earlier in the shot clock rather than just depending on LeBron at the end, who obviously is really good sometimes at the end of the shot clock. But much better, much better when the floor is spaced and open where LeBron has space to attack and, and Rondo can kind of probe and find people. Uh, with a floor spread, so I think a lot of how the Lakers are playing led to a lot of the success that Denver's having.
2: We so we saw after Game Two, the Celtics kind of had a little internal uh, implosion there, and then they come out and win Game Three. Can that kind of stuff work to your advantage if you
1: use it the right way? Oh yeah, absolutely. Man, you have got you got to have that. I mean, everybody's afraid of that. You know, it's fearful of that doesn't want that. What's the perception? You know, the locker room's not good man, you, 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 you're playing and this coaching staff, Coach Stevens and his staff, they, they know their guys and they, they know what what's in their heart and, and, and it's kind of like you, you need a Marcus Smart. I mean, you need people who are going to challenge people. Those guys have been practicing and playing together for a long time. This is not going to be a hurt feelings deal. It, it's kind of a wake-up call and uh, you, you have to have that kind of emotion and that toughness and that competitive spirit. You know, they, it's, they're playing a, a team that ha- has the ability to, to really score and play differently as, themselves. But, no, I, I, I love the attitude. Uh, you know, obviously as a coach, you've got to control it and get things done. But getting guys to solve their own problems rather than having the coaches solve their own problems is always – a player-led team is always better than a coach-led team. When, when the principles are good sound and you're doing the right things, when guys come together – it makes all the difference in the world. And uh, we'll, we'll probably, maybe we're going to mention it, but I, you know, one of the things I really saw from the Celtics yesterday, besides just, you know, four guys scoring in the 20s, Tatum 25, Walker 21, Smart 20, Brown 26, is the zone wasn't nearly as effective. And one of the things I thought that Gordon Hayward did and what, what they did throughout that game, they more consistently got the ball in the middle of that zone and guys were wide open. And, and really... Miami has won a lot of games playing this zone. I mean, it's like watching a college team, and they're really, really good at it. But uh, having Gordon Hayward back, whether he scores or not, putting someone there in the middle where you can find people, and, you know, and he's going to get more comfortable. Uh, I just felt like the zone wasn't nearly as effective with, with Hayward. And even if Hayward hadn't played, the, the zone attack by Coach Stevens and the Celtics uh, was really effective getting the ball into the middle. Before they were just satisfied with passing around the perimeter and taking contested threes, they got into scenes, they, cut, they attacked. And then Miami, because that's Miami's best defense. I mean, that's where they hung their hat on. That's where they've won games because they're playing different than a lot of other teams. It's almost like watching a college team. Uh, so I think that's another thing that bodes well for the Celtics because they figured out how to win. And, of course, I'm sure that Miami will make adjustments and do different things, but I think that was the difference in in that game three.
0: We're seeing physical fitness go to another level. Uh, Guys are more into their diets than ever before and working out with specialists and all this. And when I see a stat that Jamal Murray was plus 16 in 44 minutes, and then that means in the other four minutes that his team was outscored by 18 points in the four minutes he was off the floor – Can these guys get to the point where they just play 48 minutes? Is that possible? Is that some mental breakthrough that once one guy does it, like shooting 35 footers, other people will try it too? Or is there just no way to do that, even with these long TV timeouts and playoff games and that kind of stuff?
1: You know, I I think it makes it more difficult when you're playing every other day. I mean, the, the body, you know, recovers. And, and they have all the latest and greatest technology for recovery, uh, and, and, and that helps. But, but certainly, the athletes today are fitter than they've ever been. And, uh, and, and the game is played at a, at a pretty rapid pace in uh, and, and, and the physicality of the game. So, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not saying, I mean, if anybody could do it, he could. Uh, certainly, there are guys that can play extended minutes, but when you're playing seven-game series, and you're doing it again and again, your body eventually breaks down. Now one thing you can hear every one of these players, they just talk when they face and they're being interviewed, it's like, Hey, I gotta go back and, and, and basically they're going back to take care of their body. You know, whether it's with ice or heat or, you know, stretching or whatever they have, there there are the technology is such that they can really get these guys to recover in a short period of time. But I, I agree with you. The fitness of, of these athletes we we're watching it on TV and you you all have seen as I have watched these games up close and personal and seen the physical contact and how it wears on you and uh so the, con- the conditioning's incredible and really to be honest with you at the end of games you think about how how important that Murray is to this team and he's you know he's having to great he's having to defend great guards he's running the team he's having to make big baskets uh I've never seen a guy fitter than this guy. I mean, he he just goes and goes and goes and and he's given everything he had. and I I can't believe this thing is up. I'd be surprised if this is a six or a seven game series just because number one, the Lakers are very talented and they have significant size to offset all of the wonderful offensive stuff that that the Nuggets do and and how Jokic is just a, a genius and a mastermind on the floor seeing people but the Lakers have something nobody else has in the playoffs, and that's a significant size at the rim. And all the back cuts, all the easy baskets around the rim are much harder to come by. But, uh, yeah, I, I have such a, a great appreciation for, appreciation for Murray because he's a really good defender. And uh, when you're playing those kinds of minutes and still have the capacity to you know, have triple-doubles, guard your guy, it says a lot about where the athletes are today, the conditioning, in the offseason. But I think really the recovery type things that are happening. When you're playing 48 hours later, there's a lot of recovery, a lot of, a lot of ice, ice tubs, and all the different technology they have to cool their bodies down and replenish them is, is really important as playing the game.
2: So now that DeChambeau won the U.S. Open, have you relinquished your title as the best golfer in the San Joaquin Valley?
1: <laughs> you know it's interesting he he, he he's, i was here and he was at uh clovis east high school and that's you know a brand new high school and it's not it's certainly not a golf school and uh when you start thinking about him uh being an NC2A champion being a u.s amateur champion and now a u.s open champion and i I, I know guys that, I mean, that he used to train with, and there's a, a, a golf course around in Fresno called Dragonfly. It's a public golf course. His, his coach in high school was there. I know they kind of had a little bit of a falling out, uh, and I, I don't know him personally, uh, but I know a lot of people that do know him, and he's you know, obviously he's somewhat of an eccentric. I mean, I watched his post-match uh, interview, and uh, it, it, so I felt like I was in a science class and uh you know he's it, it's just so different and uh you know what there, there are so many naysayers uh in golf and people don't know anything about golf in terms of what he did to his body and and how he's approaching this game and the fact that a club you know i haven't got the, i haven't got the swing speed to have all my clubs be the same size you know uh i to be hitting a driver probably 130 yards and about the same i hit a pitching wedge but uh the things he's done, it's fun. I mean, he, he just kind of shut everybody up. you know. And he's hes a little bit obnoxious at times, but it's fun to see someone out of the box like that in the game and do things that are so different and then do it on arguably one or two of the toughest golf courses on the planet to play. So uh, re- really fun to see. And uh, I'm glad that we, you know, I know we like to have fans that day, but I'm just grateful we have golf to watch. It's uh it, it, it takes up some time, and it's, it, I have obviously all three of us have played the game a little bit, but uh, it's fun to watch golf. I can't wait to ever really have fans again. But yeah, Bryson DeChambeau is one of a kind, and it's what it's what golf needs. It's what sport needs. You need people like this. He gets something to talk about. I can imagine today that Twitter's blowing up, and uh, there'll be a lot of opinions about what he's done. But he's got just a kind of a sly smile on his face, saying, "I told you so." And uh, But there's a tournament next week, so you've got to keep doing it. But it, it, what, a, what an a feat. What, what an amazing, amazing uh, feat of mental toughness and physical toughness and just preparation.
0: Well, this gives Clovis East and Clovis West something to bicker about. I suppose that's a good thing, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. You know, that's funny. Here's a little story. So when I was coaching basketball at Clovis West High School, brand-new high school, uh, and I, you know, I'm I'm probably making like twenty five thousand dollars a year, and just trying to make bills, pay the bills. And they, they came up to me and, and asked me. And they said, "Hey, we need a golf coach." i I never played golf in in, in my twenties or thirties. And and I said, you know, it, it pays twenty five hundred dollars. I said, I'm am there. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I got it. You know, and and we had a high school that had ninth and tenth graders and ninth and you know, 10th It was a brand new school, but it, it, there came a point in time where. This became uh, a country club type school. There was a country club real close. It was the home course, and we won like seven straight section championships. Went to the Southern Sectionals in California, and I just basically drove the van. I, I did eventually fall in love with this game, but it wasn't really until I got to BYU and I got a I got a membership at a golf, and I had time to play a little bit of golf in the summers. But uh, no, that that's the irony is, is that I. I was part of that the Clovis golf teams and, and that community golf is really big. than the, the first tee and the whole community for, for young people. There's been some great players here come out of here. And, uh, so I remember when he was playing and, but I always have fond memories about my experiences as a golf coach, basically stay out of their way and, and don't try to teach them anything, you know, <laughs> get, get into the golf course safely and let's move forward. But we had great times and, uh, I actually actually had a, a young woman, Joan Pickcock, who played in the LPGA, who was our number one player, and that had all sorts of ramifications when she was beating the boys, because there were no so, there was no women's golf at that time, you know what I'm saying? And so she played with the guys, played from the same tees, and kicked their butt, and a lot of them had to have therapy afterwards. So I do have some golf experiences, but Columbus uh, has great golf and great golf coaches now, and I certainly wasn't one of them, but uh, it, was, it was a fun fun thing to do in the spring and make a little extra money.
0: Roll the balls out, Coach. You just got to roll the golf exactly, balls out.
1: Exactly right. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> Thank, <laughs>
0: thanks, Steve. We got to run. We appreciate it.
1: All right, man. Take care.